Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us across the OutKick network. OutKick 360 rolls on. In 20 minutes, Armando Salguero of OutKick.com will be with us. And in an hour and 20 minutes, Dan Dockett previews the final four. It's all coming to you live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Bruce Arians has stepped down as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, in a, he was present for the press conference with Todd Bowles, who has been named the, the heir to the throne in Tampa as the head coach. Takes over a team that is among the favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, next year. Um, next season, I should say. We... The, the headlines from the presser and reading during the break, Arians was asked about the relationship with Brady. Brady was also present for the Todd Bowles presser. And he said that their relationship is, is fine. It's always been good. Uh, no, there's nothing, no bad blood. Brady was nodding as, as, as Arians was saying this uh, to reporters. Um, also, the uh, interesting... The, Going to uh, some of the details, guys. Todd Bowles said that he was told or learned that he would be the head coach of the Bucks through Arians on a phone call as he was in Charlotte for an NBA game. Like he just we got a phone call and said, "Hey, I'm we're, I'm gonna they're gonna elevate you as head coach because I'm stepping down in, in retirement a year early, and I want you to get this get this gig." Pop up Hornets. Um, it, Must so be friends with MJ. So in in Los Angeles with the Rams, the the quote was "F them picks." And now it's, I'm guessing you can just scratch out cap. the word picks and, and say cap because they, they continue to add some big-time contracts and you can spread money out across the board here. But the Rams have officially signed Bobby Wagner. And th- this was reported that there was mutual interest and the deal was going to get done. The question was for how much. It's five years, $50 million with uh, what could be a total of 65 with the chance to earn over the five years. $65 million. And uh, the base is five, five years, fifty million. So he's staying in the NFC West. Longtime Seattle Seahawks linebacker, twelve-year pro, All-Pro, Pro Bowler, headed to that defense that already has Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald. So you now have uh, you know absolute stud on every level. They lost Von Miller, obviously, um, but uh, you know defensive line, linebacking core, secondary, tremendous player at every level. Um, Wagner might not be everything he was, but, you know, uh, take him down a, a slight notch. He's still going to be a terrific player. Um, the market didn't this, materialize for him, which was Then you have shocking. Stafford who got $160 million. Yeah, you have I, Allen I don't Robinson. know how you make it work. Uh, I, I just – this plays into the whole, you know, urban legend that it's all a, a myth. It's make-believe. The way you can move money around with a salary it cap. It craters at some point. It's not cratering right now. No, I mean, but this, I, you would think there's some sacrifice. Like, there's got to be something, you know, that you're going to have to give up at some point. But the Rams, 
just seem to continue to add. Well, they're about veteran to, guys with their contracts. The, the the big headline that we haven't seen yet is what is Aaron Donald going to get because he's going to sign an extension uh, for for his contract, which is going to be a mega deal whenever that is announced. Leonard Floyd is the only player they've restructured this offseason, and they traded away Robert Woods, but paid the money to do so. Paul, right? Yeah, they paid three and a half million to unload ten million, and I feel like it, that. Floyd isn't going to be the last to restructure. There's got to be something else being done to get within the the. Oh, I guess that would constraints. That could also be Donald. I mean, Donald with an extension. True, but they are renegotiating his deal Uh, months months after he was, you know, discussing. um, Two months after discussing his retirement. Yeah, so I don't have it in front of me. I just lost the tweet. But they have had outgoing players this year, and and this is typical Rams. So they have role players who depart, and now they count on the draft. No, they don't have their high picks. They don't have their first round. But what they've done successfully is gotten players, uh, you know, in in mid rounds to come in and play roles who are cheap, they're rookie contract guys who play roles and supplement. So you've got star power, star power, star power, star power, star power, star power, and then there's no middle class citizens. The rest of it is filled in with base level minimum rookie salaries who they uh, scout well, coach well, and do well to fill in. So it is top-heavy and bottom-heavy, and there's no middle. And that's their strategy, and they made it work. They just won a Super Bowl with it, and that's what they'll do again. So some of their middle-class citizenry just left. The big players in, Allen Robinson and now Bobby Wagner, they're going to redo the deal with Donald, and then, of course, they had the mega deal with Matthew Stafford. Cash, just cash value in 2022. Stafford in 2022 is making $61 million in cash. This year from and, the Rams. And of the players out, Von Miller, Robert Woods, who else am I leaving off that list? I, I of lesser known, yeah, lesser Odell known. Beckham. Yeah. Well, Odell Beckham's Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other guys who played roles who who are drifting away. I just had the tweet in front of me. I'm sorry, and, I lost it. No, um, Andrew Whitworth retired. Yeah. Um Austin Corbett. Oh, here. Uh one of their what uh Johnny Hecker, Darius Williams, uh, Austin Corbett, Sebastian Joseph Day, Ogbu Akinaro, Johnny Hecker, and then Beckham, Michelle, and Dante Deaton or, or Deaton are still unsigned, right? So those don't strike you over the head like, oh my God, how are they going to survive with those guys? Feels like they're guys. not bringing, Beckham but they back. still have to replace those people. I would say, I would guess now they're not bringing Odell See, Beckham I think Beckham back. is probably pretty cheap, but that is a very late ACL tear, so he's not going to help you until maybe November? Late October, early November? Probably now, that's so, a nice yeah. shot in the arm if he comes back and helps you then. About the same time they traded for him last year. Right. You know, they, they could potentially re-sign him and, and he's and probably bring him back. pretty cheap and uh, incentive-laden. You give him the one-year thing, and then you reassess after that. Wagner. Uh, who else is going to sign him right now, too? You've got a lot of leverage with him. Wagner, by the way, chose L.A. over Baltimore. Those are the two teams it came down to. The Patriots were rumored to be in the mix, but apparently it came down to only the Rams and the Ravens. That was the deciding, the, the final decision. Uh, for Bobby Wagner, and he chooses to go with with L.A. All pro linebacker.
fight to get. The rich get richer once again. And it was Richard Sherman who broke the news, by the way. Nice. He reported this. Richard Sherman is now the Adam Schefter of uh, the NFL. Speaking of Schefter, Paul, uh, he signs his extension with ESPN. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm not surprised. Hutton loved that segue, I could tell. Yeah, I, I thought, teed it right up for him. I thought there would be – I thought it might be harder. Not, maybe it has been hard, but we haven't heard anything about it because the sports books were, were determined. They re-signed Woj also. The sports books were determined – uh, and are determined, I don't know who's next in the pecking order, to get a big news guy to key their operation around and to bring people to their sites where you find out the news and then you make a bet, right? Um, and the New York Times apparently was, was interested in Schefter also. Uh, I saw one headline that said $10 million. I, I'm not surprised by that figure. Um, Schefter's had some, some shaky times and is under criticism for some of his handling of uh, – how he just repeats some things that agents give him, but he clearly is always ahead of of everything in terms of transactional news. Two two big thoughts on why I don't think this is surprising in the least that they would stay. One is regardless of what you think about ESPN and some of the editorial decisions, they pay. They pay top dollar. They're big people. For their people, they pay top dollar and they've got the money to do it. So they're making big money. Two if you're Adam Schefter or Adrian Wojnarowski on the NBA side, who also is, is re-upping with ESPN, your sources are going to you with big information in part, in a big part, because you're ESPN. Great. I think your sources around the league are, are less, they're hesitant to do so if you're working with Caesars, let's say. I think it changes the dynamic of news you can break. Because well, but, uh, it's not just about... At, Adam Schefter does a great job, and I'm, I'm, he does really good work. It is I'm about not Adam saying- Schefter. He did it at NFL Network, and it was a chip on his shoulder that everyone said he got that information because it was handed to him because he worked for the league, and then he was hired by ESPN and took all those sources with him. Well, again, NFL Network, ESPN, two huge partners of the NFL. They're going, league sources are going to those before they're going to Caesars if they're working with every sports book. It would have been interesting to see. Now, if Caesars is the official sports book of the NFL and it's the only one where you can bet on the NFL, then yeah, he's probably getting the same information handed to him that he would elsewhere. And the same for Adrian Wojnarowski. The biggest partner for the NBA is ESPN. So it only makes sense for him to stay and break news of the ESPN and make a lot of money doing so. But here's the question. does not surprise me they stay. Here's the question. If he's getting $10 million from ESPN... Might not Caesars or FanDuel or whoever giving him 20? Yes. Then, then you would have had to think. I, I don't think. know. 20? I mean, they got, I mean, they're swimming in it, right, Hunt? Well, the, the, I mean, if you the want stock to really prices make for those places mark. are terrible right now. If you want to get into that of sports books, it's, it's on the downside. At this point, because they spent so much in market, but there are also twenty more states to come. What I, or how many I would have loved to have that. seen this happen 30. with Schefter because, uh, yeah, it would have been yeah thirty. There's less than 30. twenty right now that have it. Um, Schefter made the move from NFL Network, and that was like the, the big talking point whenever he would be on in Indianapolis at the combine in 2009, uh, whenever his contract was up. Uh, 2010, it, I remember chatting with him about that, and he's like, "Yeah, th- there's this notion that I was just handed information." And that I just, you know, turn that over and then my name's attached to it with the network. And he's like, I'm, I'm here to prove a point. That's not the case. You know, I'm, I'm, he, he legitimately, he wanted to prove that he had these off-the-record sources. And he's become the guy. 
the the thing that I'm well, I would, he had an I, opportunity to really prove it by going to someone who has no affiliation with the NFL. You want to prove it? Go go be independent or go work with someone that's not the NFL and or ESPN, well, one of their biggest rights holders. Well, they pay they pay money in order to be in a, a partner with the NFL. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about BetMGM. Who are you talking about? FanDuel. Well, I'm what? talking about you, pick it's not one the same of the level. yeah pick one of the sports. They're paying books. the NFL money to in order to advertise. They're not paying ESPN money though. That ESPN's not paying billions. the NFL. Well, I mean, again, and it's not it's not the same. Information NFL Network's platform. not paying the NFL anything, Chad. <laughs> I mean, they're they're the league. They are, the but it's but again, they are the league. I'm not trying to demean Adam Schefter. I think he's a hard worker, but I think it would be naive to think that being with the NFL and or ESPN doesn't in part help him a lot. Oh sure, get information from the league where they'd go to him first. Yes, they trust him. He built those relationships, but that may change on certain fronts if you go somewhere that's not. One of the sole proprietors of the well, NFL. In that case, part of why, why if go, that's I'm true, sure. if that's true, why does ESPN need Adam Schefter? Well, well because, because he's, he's very good. The bank, he's got it in the yeah, bank. Look, I think I think this is one years. of those scenarios put where times up there. This is this is perfection because it's the perfect. It's perfect for both sides. Adam Schefter has built the relationships. He's great at what he does, and he's really really good at ESPN. And he's great for ESPN. And ESPN is also going to help him get even more scoops because he's with ESPN. So Adam Schefter is worth $10 million a year at ESPN. He's got the 9.7 million Twitter followers You're already. worth whatever someone will pay you. I'm saying Adam Schefter's not worth $20 million to Caesars. He's worth the $10 million for ESPN. He's well worth it for what he does. I don't think he's worth the same amount everywhere. Yeah. And we don't Personally. know what a sports book offered Again, him. Again, this he is was... my opinion. Maybe he goes there and breaks just as much news wherever he goes. He may start his own website one day. And prove me wrong by breaking every story. And ESPN suddenly doesn't get it, or, or NFL Network doesn't get it. But I think that's, that's a part of it. Maybe a small part, but it's a part of it. The other we'll thing see that, if the sports book chases the next guy. You know, maybe the second or third guy at NFL Network. There's no Pelissaro reason for that. Or, or whoever. There's no reason for that. You, you, if you're a sports book, you dive in head first and go after Schefter, and that's it. Well, having lost him, you just give up on that idea of having a newsbreaker? Well, Ian Rappaport, I'm trying to think of who that newsbreaker would be that's even in the same league as Schefter. Is there anyone in the same it league? Be, it would be Rappaport. But it's, again, like they're, uh, if you're looking to pay that top dollar, it's Schefter or it's, yeah. you know. Well, you don't have to pay. You pay less for the, for the next best guy. Well, but the, but the problem there is it's got to be Schefter because the, the, the intriguing part for me, Paul, would have been how does ESPN handle this when Schefter breaks news and the little weasels at the bottom of their – the screen that on the scrolling marquee sources confirmed to our whoever instead of actually letting you know who reported this information yeah. first. That's how ESPN, you know, goes about the roundabout system. They weasel their way into this breaking news cycle when all they're doing is regurgitating what others have put out there in local papers. Yeah, they're aggregating. You know, they, at that if point. Schefter tweets it out, but it doesn't mean he's first, but it's Schefter's name attached to it, so there's it goes unquestioned. Right. If Schefter's reporting that for another outlet, how do they handle that on their end? Again, they could make their own newsbreaker because as a public, we'd just take it for breaking news and give that person the credit for it. Right. But it would take a while for that person to get to 9.7 million Twitter followers. That, that's part of what they're paying for and sustaining. I, I'd like to know... This, this could be a long topic for us. I'd like to know, does an ESPN or a media network that has the partnership 
with uh, with the NFL. Fox, you know, Fox Sports has a partnership with the NFL. Do you groom a, a minor league system? Is there a newsbreaker in the making that ESPN or one of these networks has an eye on right now that will be the next Schefter if and when he decides to retire or leave for another company? Or is that just you got to go pay top dollar for whoever's the NFL network? Well, NFL network and whoever's has, next in line has you go a stable. Get but I do think NFL Network and, and Schefter to you a see degree. You what I'm saying? Is there someone handed. in the company that they're Stuff. like, well, this is our next Adam Schefter. This is the appointed one. If they have one appointed, he's yet to be, he or she is yet to be Jeremy Fowler revealed. is our next Adam Schefter. You know, how do you, how do you work that? If you've got someone that breaks every story well, like what, you have right now. What would have happened is they, they elevate someone and eventually they wait on Rappaport's contract to come up and they bring him over. That's what they would have done. Or they elevate someone and just cross your fingers and pray they become Adam Schefter. Or when Schefter gets older, you've got him in the Mortensen role and you have that next person sitting next to him on Monday Night Countdown or, or uh, the pregame shows, uh, kind of in that same father-son role, if you will. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at Outkick360. You can also do that in the chat room with YouTube. And you can search us out if you've missed portions of the show, wherever you download your audio. Just search out Outkick360. We hit NFL headlines. We start with Bruce Arians stepping down as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so that Todd Bowles can take over this year with Tom Brady. Armando Salguero of Outkick.com is next on Outkick360 first, though. FanDuel.com. FanDuel.com slash OK360. $5 bet can net you $150 instantly as a bonus insight credit guaranteed. Guaranteed means win or lose. Your first bet, $5, you get $150 insight credit. All you have to do, your first bet as you sign up, FanDuel.com slash OK360, is to pick a team either in the Final Four or the National Championship game as long as it's your first bet. Pick a team to win that game. And win or lose, you get 150 bucks in site credit at fanduel.com slash OK360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up in an hour, Dan Dockich from Don't At Me with Dan Dockich on the Outkick Network. Outkick 360 rolls on with... Armando Salguero of Outkick.com covers the National Football League, and that means there's always something to write about. Today, the headline, Bruce Arians retiring, stepping down from the head coaching role. He'll stay on in an advisory role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but more importantly, steps down so that Todd Bowles can ascend into the head coaching job with Brady's Bucks. Armando joins us from an SUV somewhere in sunny Florida, Armando, hope you're doing well. Doing well, Jonathan. I've got my most aggressive attitude and personality going on <laughs> because I'm on a Florida highway and I'm ready. All right. How <laughs> long a commute? Let's get after it. How long a commute for this press conference have you made? Uh, well, it was uh, an hour and 45 minutes this morning, and it's going to be an hour and 45 minutes this afternoon. I'm on my way back home. 
Why why now for Bruce Arians? Now meaning March 30th instead of March 1st. Walk us through the timetable of this, if you will, Armando, and the overall sentiment from Todd Bowles, how he found out, and the general thoughts from him today in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was pretty interesting, actually. So Bruce Arians started thinking about retiring after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. And what better way to do it than to go out on top, except that you go out on top, you don't get a chance to go for two. So he decided, I'm going to go for two. And they didn't win it. And then Brady beat him to the punch and retired. And Bruce Arians, his explanation of it is he wants to hand over a team that's ready to compete and have a succession where his successor, Todd Bowles, would be successful. And that wasn't probably going to happen with Blaine Gabbert. It would have happened with Brady, except that Brady decided to come back. And that made Bruce Arians think, well, I've got my time now. This is a good shot to hand over a Super Bowl caliber team to my guy, Todd Bowles. And that's why he went ahead and did that. The Glazer family was all in because they appreciate the quality of a coach that Todd Bowles is. And obviously, you know, Bruce Arians steps aside, gives up what would be and what seems to me to be uh, a Super Bowl contender. Todd Bowles automatic to you with Byron Leftwich in-house and on the rise? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Paul. And I thought about that, and someone in Tampa Bay told me, you know, one of those guys is experienced. One of those guys has been a head coach and understands what, you know, the downfall of being a first-time head coach could be and how to overcome those. This is not a team that is, um, I would say, a good fit for a new coach. This is a team that's a good fit for a veteran coach that knows what he's doing. And that, that is more Todd Bowles, I think, than Byron Leftwich. Do you think that this helps Brady? Let's say that the reports are true that he's more aligned with Byron Leftwich in terms of game planning and what they're doing. This seems like a move that could kind of help everyone, maybe other than Bruce Arians. If there's not an offensive head coach, it's Byron Leftwich, head coach of the offense, and Tom Brady riding shotgun with him the entire time, and Todd Bowles as head coach and, and running the defense for the most part. Could this kind of free things up and, and even help the Bucs in, in a way, Armando? Yeah, Chad, that's an interesting way to, to position it. Uh, if you know Todd Bowles, he's not the handover the offense to somebody else kind of coach. As he told me today, I'm the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And so Byron Leftwich will answer to Todd Bowles. He will have an opinion of what the offense does. He's not going to be the head coach of the defense and just let Brady and, and Byron run their own little kingdom over on the offensive side. Armando, I said earlier, it was it struck me in, in Brady's 
tweet or Instagram post when he announced he was returning after the 40-day retirement that he, you know, he, he, he said that he ended it by saying unfinished business. And this is a guy that has no business mentioning unfinished, unfinished business based on the accolades of his career and everything he's accomplished. I get the sense that Arians may feel the same way. Um, it, took him, it took him a while to earn the head coaching opportunity. I know he has his title, but this is a guy that, uh, considering what he just did, he just walked away from Brady and his return and a chance to go get a second title, which in essence is why he came back trying to go back-to-back on the championships. Right. Um, well, you know, Arians is a very interesting guy because – as you mentioned, most people, when they have a team of this caliber with a quarterback of this caliber, they're going to ride it out until that thing breaks down and breaks up. And it's like you got no hope of nothing. Whereas Arians, he actually said today, because as you know, if he, if he had come back, he's got 81 wins. You know, he adds 12, 15 more wins to, to that number. He's a, a Hall of Fame candidate. He adds another Super Bowl win. He's a Hall of Fame candidate. His quote today was, I don't give a bleep about the Hall of Fame. What I care about is succession and my guys and the coaches and the 31 families those coaches represent and handing over a product that they're proud of and that they can succeed with. This is a guy that really does believe that succession and handing over something that is a jewel rather than a piece of lump of coal is important to him. I know Stephen Ross of the Dolphins wasn't doing any talking at the annual meetings where we were earlier this week, but uh, did you even catch glimpses of him? How low did he manage to keep his profile, uh, considering that he's one of the owners who the spotlight would be on given the the allegation from Brian Flores that that he was offering money for losses. Oh, yeah, I saw him a couple of times. He saw me. He ran away. Um, It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, it's clear Stephen Ross has nothing to say because anything that, first of all, when it's not, when he's not the issue of a litigation that includes you know, allegations of racial discrimination and violating the integrity of the NFL and the NFL and the sport. He's not the most articulate guy then. Can you imagine asking him to explain his stance on, you know, uh, a federal lawsuit? Uh, the the Dolphins Public Relations Office and 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 their staff probably intelligently keeping Steve Ross uh, out of the spotlight. Armand, I want you to chime in on a discussion we just had in the last segment about Adam Schefter re-upping with ESPN, $10 million. Um, Adam Schefter is great at breaking news. There's no doubt about it. He's been great at, at multiple places. There were reports about him possibly going to sports, a sports book and working. If Adam Schefter, and you've worked at ESPN, so we, we can ask you about this. If Adam Schefter were at FanDuel or Caesars, does it change the amount of news he breaks? Or is he the exact same wherever he goes? Or does working for ESPN or the NFL at NFL Network 
does that help in the amount of news that he can break, especially from the league? Yeah, so Chad, uh, my guess is that the reports of him flirting with FanDuel or Caesars were, you know, the product of his agency. Because it's always better when someone has multiple people that want you because that drives up the price. Knowing Adam, uh, my guess is that he was going to be at ESPN. And that's where he has, you know, established a niche for himself. Although prior he worked for the NFL Network. And that's what he calls home. And when he's no longer at ESPN, uh, he's going to be like writing a book somewhere and spending his millions and millions and millions of dollars. So that's number one. Number two, uh, if, if he had decided somehow to go to the, to Bally's or FanDuel, uh, I assume that it would have been uh, under the same sort of rules and with the same contract stipulations as what he has at ESPN because his value is to break news. That's his value. He's got agents that call him and text him and tell him because he's got 9 million followers and he has a wide reach. And if he doesn't do that, I don't think a lot of people are going to pay him millions and millions of dollars for his opinions. That's what I, that's where I come in. You wrote it outkick.com. And one of those opinions about, about Pete Carroll, who was kind of weird after he was very late uh, to his quote unquote breakfast session. He's talking about Drew Locke still as a developmental guy, which is a odd stance to have on the guy who's your starting quarterback now. And also talking about adding, adding a quarterback. I don't know who this is going to be exactly. What would you think about what he had to say about Seattle's quarterback situation? So the first question of the press conference, after he made his excuses for being like 40 minutes late, was uh, – you said at the at the combine that you had no intention of trading Russell Wilson, and then you traded Russell Wilson. What happened? And after he got done doing a Ralph Cramden hamana 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 hamana, um, he explained how things changed. And let let there be no mistake, Paul. You trade Russell Wilson, you don't have someone already in the pipeline who you think is. Someone who can inherit the job and do as good a job, you're kind of, you've done a disservice to your team. And I don't care how Pete Carroll paints it, and I don't care what he says, but the Seattle Seahawks are not a better team with Russell Wilson. They're a worse team um, without Russell Wilson. And there's nothing that he can tell me about Drew Locke or his flirtations with Colin Kaepernick, or the quarterbacks that are coming in the draft that Seattle might take that will convince me or anyone with a pulse that they're better off. Armando, Paul was pointing out uh, one of the observations with the Patriots there at the league meetings was Matt Patricia was the assistant that was actually noticeable there among the staffs, uh, no one else. Patricia's back in New England as an offensive or just as a senior assistant. 
And Joe Judge is also there as an offensive assistant. And they're not going to say who's calling plays for their now their second-year quarterback, Mac Jones. Interesting developments there for guys who have been on you know staffs or head coaches head coaches with defensive backgrounds or special teams backgrounds. Uh, you know, so the the Patriots, Bill Belichick, God bless him. Uh, you know he's he has this reputation as being smarter than everybody else and a genius, and he's got all the rings to prove it. And so. You know, when he does stupid stuff like this, uh, everybody gives him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I saw him coach in 2020, and I saw it again last year, and I recognize what it looks like without Tom Brady or without an, any elite quarterbacks. I recognize that he is really smart when he's got a Hall of Fame quarterback on his roster playing all the time. And I recognize what it looks like when he doesn't. So all this other stuff about, well, we're not going to reveal to you who our play callers are going to be, and we're going to get the special teams guy to call offensive plays. And Matt Patricia, who was a, a disaster in Detroit, to come in and, and be my special assistant on everything. To me, that's all window dressing, leading a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. Because why? Because Tom Brady is not playing for you. And neither is any other elite quarterback at the moment. And you're just a guy with a, with a bunch of guys on your team. And your team is going to be, you know, just okay. You also wrote about this uh, lingering, maybe dream scenario in Miami of, of Sean Payton and Tom Brady ultimately ending up there. Obviously wouldn't be this season now, but if Mike McDaniel maybe doesn't pan out well, if Tua doesn't take advantage of these new surroundings, is there a glimmer for Dolphins fans that this dream combo could, in fact, emerge a year from now in South Florida? Yeah, Paul, it's not Dolphin fans that are, you know, looking at this. It's the Dolphins' ownership, Stephen Ross. The Dolphins reached out to the New Orleans Saints this year by their own, you know, by their own admittal. They reached out and tried to talk to Sean Payton uh, legitimately and were denied by the Saints. So they have legitimate interest. I was told that Stephen Ross reached out to Sean Payton directly through back channels. And so that's a thing. And we know that Stephen Ross has reached out and tried to even get, according to the lawsuit that Brian Flores filed, tried to get Brian Flores to recruit Tom Brady. He loves Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady played at Michigan. Stephen Ross's ringtone is hail to the victors. He's a Michigan man who's given over $350 million to the, you know, the Michigan sports programs. And so that's not a glimmer. 
that's an outright hope and an outright goal. If indeed Tua isn't the guy that everybody says he's going to be, and I don't believe he's going to be, but everybody says he's going to be, if indeed Mike McDaniel, who is a rookie coach, doesn't just blow it up in his rookie head coach year, next season is going to be interesting when Tom Brady is a, an unrestricted free agent again and living in Miami where he's building a house and Sean Payton is available and the Dolphins have two first-round picks to go and get him if the Saints will trade him. Armando Salguero of Outkick.com has been our guest. Uh, Armando, leave us with, how did Todd Bowles find out he was going to be the head coach? Did he tell that story today? Yeah, he sure did. So he, you know, this week, because it was annual meetings week, the assistant coaches for all the teams basically are off while the head coaches are in, you know, this year it's Palm Beach. So Todd Bowles was in uh, New Jersey and visiting family and then was in Charlotte when he got a text from Bruce Arians on Monday night and Bruce said, hit me up. So he calls him from the Charlotte airport and Bruce Arians tells him I'm stepping down and you're the next man up. And Todd Bowles is like, what? And that's how the news got broken to Todd Bowles. And Bruce Arians said, can you make it down here? And Todd Bowles said, well, you know, uh, I've got four tickets courtside to the Nuggets and the Hornets. Can I go tomorrow <laughs> instead? And, uh, yeah, he can go tomorrow. And that's how it happens. That makes it feel much more spur of the moment to me than the way Arians has this going. Like, he, he says he, he's been thinking about it for a while, but waits until the 30th. Um, and I know Paul pointed out, you know, the Rooney rule where you can, you have to interview outside candidates if it's prior to March 1st. Um, but to have him on the road and to call him after the league meetings, which Arians was there for, right? Yeah. Um, to say, Hey, can you make it to Tampa? Cause you're the guy now that, that feels more spur of the moment than planned and, and succession being the uh, up, uh, optimum goal here. What are you suggesting, Jonathan? What are you saying? I'm saying Arians didn't make up his mind as soon as he wants everyone to believe. That's possible, but, uh, you know, there's a difference between planning it and then pulling, you know, pulling the trigger. I, I, look, I'm not in the, uh, I'm not going to be in the conspiracy crowd because I, I just don't buy, I don't believe that Todd Bowles would take that job. Uh, if he thought that somehow, you know, Tom Brady got rid of Bruce Arians or anything like that, that any crazy stuff that's out there, because he, he's smart enough to know that if he does it to Arians, he can do it to me. And I'm not going to be that guy on my second chance and obviously my last chance to be a head coach. Armando Salguero covers the NFL for outkick.com. Armando, thank you, and we will catch up next week. All right, guys. Drive safe. Thanks, Armando. Safe travels. Armando may have made a typo in identifying his own iPhone. I think when when his screen went away there, it said, at Mondo Salguero. Huh. Interesting. Or maybe maybe we've been saying it wrong the whole time, Paul. Yeah. 
What if he came on and said, for, guys, just want to correct you. It's uh, actually uh, at Mondo Salguero. It's like Vescovi or Vescovi. No. I don't know. <laughs> Why not correct us to begin with? It'd be a great uh, Twitter handle if your name was at Mondo. At Mondo. You could just be <laughs> at symbol Mondo. Mondo. U.S. is headed to the World Cup. The drought is over. The Details. People are making it like it's a huge drought. They missed one. The uh, drought of one. Uh, people are also, you know, celebrating. Ready to throw a parade after parades. that performance last night. Yeah, we discuss next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. So the U.S. is back in the World Cup. Outkick 360 baby. rolls on across the Outkick network. Of course, the upcoming World Cup next year can be this viewed year. on Fox. Or this year, sorry. Uh, yes, I keep saying next season. Uh, this year on Fox, just around the corner. I'm highly uncomfortable, Paul, uh, with the amount of parade throwing for finishing third in a group behind Canada and Mexico and losing two to nothing to Costa Rica to get into the World Cup. Well, Very odd circumstances for that to happen, the way it ends for them to get in. Odd circumstances for sure that, that you could uh, And look, I acknowledge being the in the World Cup that. far better than not, which they weren't last time. Yeah, but it, this isn't about last night's result. This is about the end of uh, eight-team eight group play. So you have to think of it more like that, and I don't know that there's a, an equivalent. So you play through... 14 games, and this is the end of the 14 games. And at the end of the 14 games, you need to be in the top three, and you go. And they were in the top three, and they go. And that's the accomplishment that they needed, and that's what they did. I mean, I, I, the standard has to be uh, – The standard has to be going to the World who's Cup. Who's the competition? That's what doing. Like, I, don't, I don't understand if finishing third behind Canada in soccer, which I've never heard of Canada as a soccer power at all, and finishing behind – I understand Mexico has history – but I'm just looking at the United States of America and thinking, who? I know they lost to Jamaica. Is how they choked it away the, the, the time before. That led to some threats I got. Yeah, they from, lost to from Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago. Well, but it, it was something with Jamaica also that hurt them. I think in the last go around, right? I don't remember specifically, but on the last night they they couldn't but beat like, who's Trinidad the, and Tobago. Who is it? Costa Rica? They're they're possibly going to get in right if they go beat New Zealand. They have a playing game a play essentially game. Yeah. against New Zealand. But I mean, what's the What's the huge accomplishment? What countries did they knock off to get that third spot? Costa Rica and Panama. And those are the threats in, those, this, in those, this tournament. Those were the threats in, in this tournament, yes. The, the surprise in this tournament is that Canada got very good. And Canada played phenomenally well through their 14 games. They're an emergent team. And it's allowed to happen. Somebody's allowed to, to get good in a cycle. Canada got very good in this cycle. They got a couple guys that play for prominent teams, and, uh, and they played surprisingly well. So they kind of threw a, the, a wrench into things the, and made it a little bit did more Did those difficult. guys play that you weren't sure if they were going to play because of the yellow cards? 
No, they uh, they they sat a lot of people last night. Costa Rica. We played lousy, and they scored. And they still on, won on two set pieces. That's I think that's yeah. Chad's point. There was a parade thrown last night. Yeah, on it was, it's media. just weird. Well, it wasn't it, about it, what happened last but night. But part it was of about the parade what happened in the whole qualifying thing. But part of the parade, Paul. And you, I think you were you were going to get about this. Well, it's been eight years. You know, a lot of eight years, eight years, oh, well, and now bro. we're back in the I World think, Cup. I think the phrasing is ridiculous. We're finally back in the World Cup. If you, to be for somebody that's missed like five World Cups in a row, you say we're finally yeah, back in the World that. Cup. The, the U.S. missed one World Cup. It was an aberration in the path of U.S. soccer. We are a regular team at the World Cup. Well, we that is one. why I don't understand say, we're celebrating getting in. Well, this after is, we miss this one. goes to my point. Why are we so excited if we are a regular participant? And there was a one-time aberration that were. Isn't this just the standard? Yes, it finishing should be the third standard. in this group to but, me is nothing to celebrate. Getting out of group play, you celebrate. Yeah, but that's there a was, big victory in the World Cup. The, the failure to qualify, the loss at Trinidad and Tobago, was a huge, huge disappointment. So this was oh, finally getting over that. That was a huge thing for Pulisic that they didn't win that game. It cost him one of the four World Cups he could play in in his lifetime. It was a devastating thing for U.S. soccer. So last night, despite the fact that they didn't win, the qualification was somewhat of a, of a relief, finally, four years later, for the failure that night. Of my soccer-loving media friends, I wish I would have seen one person say, boy, that sucked. Lots to work on, but I'm happy we're in the World Cup. Not one person on. said that. It was all celebration. Now, Friday, they get their draw, and we see if we get screwed in terms of who we play in Qatar. It may not matter based on last night's performance. Well, I mean, the two performances. But at least we're there. That. The two performances. We've met before our that. standard the two as performances a country. We're back. We're in the World Cup. Let's discount the two before.